Hello and welcome to Emotional Support Witch, a podcast about learning, healing, connection and all things witchcraft. My name's Steph. And I'm Yella. Welcome to our episode today where we'll be talking about the Hierophant. This is future Yella speaking to you from the editing room, which really is my bad. Anyway, I realized that it might be pronounced a Hierophant, not the Hierophant. I hope you forgive our mistakes. Arara humanum est. And it's really all up to your own interpretation. Now, back to the episode. Which is the card that we pulled at the end of last episode. And it was a card that surprised us both a little bit, I think, mm -hmm. because we had never seen it before. No, yeah. It was like a new one completely. So that was exciting. Yeah. So the words that were associated in the deck that I had was the Pope. <laughs> Good, <laughs> strong start. Um, but then it went on to talk about tradition and convention, ritual, symbolism, ceremony, religion, religious practices, morality, social approval, um, institutions, philosophy, universal law, mercy, goodness, forgiveness, humility, vulnerability, um, and then also relig I can't read my own writing, um, <laughs> tyranny. Ooh. And it kind of ended on some more negative, as it often does, connotations to the word. But there's some really interesting, some really interesting words there. Yeah, very mixed. Mm. again like positive negative mm -hmm. um which which is nice to see that most of the cards don't only have like a negative feeling or a positive feeling towards it but it's just like you can kind of like see what resonates with you mm -hmm. I think that's what we've been talking about a lot just in life anyway isn't it that there's the positives and the negatives and the neutrals and all the bits in between and it, it is really nice to see that playing out in the cards as well sort of encapsulating all ways of feeling or experiencing things exactly what were some of the the words that stood out to you there so what stood out to me first was kind of like the traditional values and institutions because I think we've been thinking about that a lot because some traditions are definitely about to change or like need changing but there's then traditions that are maybe good and I think like looking into witchcraft it's a lot about old traditions and like values and stuff like that but also breaking them so it's kind of both and I think we we've been discussing that so that was the first thing that was like mm -hmm. yes we can talk about that that that's something that interests us anyway thinking about that um and then also I had um in my research seen the card described as like a counselor or mentor who mm. will provide you with like a spiritual guidance, mm. which I thought was uh, very interesting. Obviously, like, um, not obviously, the Pope doesn't mean a lot to either of us, but it does, he does mean a lot, like, in terms of spiritual guidance to other people. And we do have other people or ideas that give us spiritual guidance. So, um, and I mean, our podcast is all about spiritual guidance or finding a spiritual path. So I think that's also something that I thought was really interesting. What about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I think looking at the the traditions and the conventions and the rituals, like you were saying, it's been really interesting seeing Christianity or these religions that we know quite a lot about. And I know personally, I was brought up in a very Christian um, household. So looking at different traditions and then I've been on my own journey now as we've been talking about of 
finding the ones that fit with me and that um, I still want to carry on because I can see so much benefit in so many of the things that we do. But also there's a lot of things that when you look at with fresh eyes don't really resonate with me anymore. Or I, you know, in the church and different religions in general do think that are a bit outdated or maybe based on values that I don't necessarily associate myself with anymore. So I have really enjoyed looking at it through that mindset of what of these feel aligned with me now and being really conscious and choosing those things. Because I think often the issue that comes with traditions and conventions and religion in general is just going along with something and not questioning it and just doing it because it's a tradition and doing it because that's what everyone else does or because that's what you've been taught or that's how it is. Um, So it's really been about re-looking at some of those things in a new perspective, I think, which is really nice. Definitely. And it's so interesting because like there was definitely a part in my life where I was like, all traditions are bad Mm -hmm. because we don't rethink them or like we as a society, I think. They're just outdated. Exactly. But then looking back, it's like, well, not all of them are bad and like traditions are part of like keeping our culture and like learning about our ancestors and all of that. So it's like really just about rethinking them and Mm -hmm. being like, do they still fit me? But also us as a society, I think we don't do that enough. Like what are traditions that might be good to like keep and Mm -hmm. what are traditions that are just not good anymore and just don't fit? And what about new traditions? Mm. Yeah, because I I do think as a society, at least in the West, we're going in a direction of just dropping all these things. We're dropping religion because it's not scientific or rational. We're dropping traditions because they're outdated and they don't fit in with what the trajectory of of our society. But I guess it's coming to the realization that I don't really like the trajectory of our society. You know, (laughs) I don't really like it without any of that deeper meaning, without any of the connection, without any of the rituals and the ceremony and the richness that some of those things have. And I guess it's about looking back on, you know, the way that people used to do things and being like, because I think we often come with the mindset of like, that's silly. The way people did it in the past was, was silly. And the way that we do it now is like, is better. It's right. We understand things more now. But actually, I think it's about looking back and being like, some of those things are beautiful and rich and like have an innate truth to them that I do think that we miss now with our mindset of just going through life without any of the little rituals and traditions that the people, you know, ancestors used to have as a big part of their lives. Exactly. And also that we, because in the West, I mean, it is like a Christian society and most of our traditions are Christian, but we've been looking at so many like pagan or Celtic traditions, which was the festival, I think it was Celtic, wasn't it? Where they mm. had this trial marriage for a year. <laughs> and like young, like folks could just be like, well, like we'll just try it out for a year. And if we it doesn't work, then we can just like go on with our lives and we don't have to get a divorce or something. And it's just like, there's been really good traditions. How progressive, yeah. Exactly. And we just like forget about the good ones as well. And I think people feel lost without like a sense of rituals, but also like belonging and like, what did my fathers do? What did my mom do? Like my grandparents just completely getting rid of all what we came from Mm. is just going to lead to people being anxious and like overwhelmed and not knowing where they can ground themselves. A hundred percent. I think a really big 
thing people struggle with nowadays is who am I? What is my purpose? What am I meant to, you know, and we have a lot of pressure to try and figure out and answer these questions and have a really good answer. But how are we meant to do that if we don't have this foundation of where we came from, of what people used to do? You know, we're kind of, I think a lot of people start from scratch in this, you know, 21st century capitalist modern world of like, who am I? And it's like, you're no one in the system, like, you know, no offense, but like you're a potentially a cog in a machine and it's not a nice feeling and we're so anxious and we're overworked and we're sad and we're not connected to people and I do think a lot of it does come from you know not being aware of who we used to be of like the people that came before us that life wasn't always like this that there's other ways out there um so I do think it's an interesting to look at traditions and religions and things that we maybe have thought of as not necessary to our society anymore or not rational and actually seeing the value that they do have in terms of connection and nature and rituals and you know who are we and the bigger questions to life I think that's what humanity has been getting answers from you know for thousands of years before us and I do think that we're maybe a little bit lost now having you know lost and dropped those ways of living yeah so lost like I feel that all the time and I think I've only recently come to realize how important religion any religion mm -hmm. is for people and that the thing that I actually hate about religion is the institutions behind mm -hmm. it because I do think it doesn't have to be a cult it can literally be a Christian church or whatever religion you want to take, like the institutions behind it do really just manipulate people and use them mm. and use their faith, which is a good thing, I think, because you need to have faith in whatever you want to have faith in, but you need to have faith in something. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's more like nature and spirituality and like the universe and human connection, but it doesn't matter if that's Jesus or Buddha or mm -hmm. whoever you want to have faith in. You you need that to kind of like answer some of these questions that you can't answer and have someone to turn to or something to turn to. But like, that's actually, I always used to think like, ah, it's just a bit, we don't live in that mm -hmm. time anymore. Like we know better now, but it's actually like, no, people always believed in gods mm -hmm. in some way. They always believed in a higher something. Um, but it's actually when you then say, okay, this is the strict rules and you will be hated and you will go to hell if you don't follow those strict rules yeah. and you cannot like make your own rules and think like, okay, like, God says I need to be good. What's, what does that mean for me? Mm. And like, no, for everyone, it means you can't eat yeah. this thing and you can't sleep in the same bed as the person you want to marry, whatever. Um, it's just those strict rules that then you people are threatened that if they don't follow these rules, they're going to be hated or burn in hell. Or Yeah, it's when it makes people live in guilt and shame that it's not a good thing. When religion provides people with community and love and connection and purpose it's amazing but I yeah I totally agree I think it's the institutions it's the rules it's not people's individual spiritual journey that's the issue it's you know people in positions of power taking advantage of people who have 
who are vulnerable because they come from a place of looking for answers, looking for, for connection, you know, looking for something outside themselves as we all are doing. And some people take advantage of that. And some powers have been taking advantage of that for centuries in the way of using the way that people believe and the things that are important to them to manipulate them into living a certain life or to perpetuate a society that has nothing to do with the foundational belief of that divine love and belief in something beyond yourself but turns it into rules that you have to follow and if you don't follow them then you're going to hell or what's the point you know it's that that's sort of where the issue is for us and I think we I know my personal, I know we've had very different upbringings as has everyone, but my personal journey going from being brought up really religious to then rejecting that because I just hated being told what to do. Like I just hated the the idea of being, being told, don't question it. You know, this is the way it says, it says this in this really old book and God knows more than you and you can't question any of it. And my issue came when a lot of the things that they said didn't feel aligned with what I felt was right. And it was like, well, I can't accept this thing if it feels fundamentally like it doesn't align with me. So then rejecting it and thinking religion sucks, like people are just sheep believing in whatever they're told. They don't question anything, you know, going from one extreme to the other to now coming back and actually thinking, wow, there were some really amazing things from that. Like I got brought up with a really amazing sense of moral good and, you know, good and bad of helping people, of doing my best, like of connection, of family, of of family outside of just your family, of like the bigger community of church, of meeting together, of rituals, of, you know, people pray and meditate and so many things that now I'm starting to get back in my own practice in my own way, but rejected for a while because I didn't want anything to do with it. So I, I think it is cool to be able to look at it in a more, a less emotionally sort of like driven way, but actually look at the good and the bad and see what aligns with you. And I think that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. It's not like, you know, we want people who are Christian, who are Buddhist, who are of everything to be able to connect with what we're saying, because I don't think that's necessarily the issue of who you know who you're praying to because we all have different experiences and different beliefs but it's the fun fundamental sort of aspects of does that align with you are you doing that because that's what feels right to you or are you doing it because that's what you've been brought up with and you've been told and you've been told not to question yeah I stumbled across a really nice post when I was doing some research that was kind of saying that I think it was or it was an article it was like things you don't have to be to be a witch and it said you don't have to be pagan, like you can mm-hmm. be any religion, you can be no religion, you can be literally come from any background and you can be a witch. Like witchcraft is something that brings all beliefs together, which mm-hmm. is what I really love about it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's as we've looked more into it, I think most people probably come with a preconceived idea as we do as well of when you say witch from a Christian background is evil going to hell, you know, just completely just associated with the word. Um but the more you look into it, the more it is about individual spiritual growth and being in tune with yourself and your intuition and, you know, being able to know yourself so well that you're able to relate to others better, that you're more in tune with nature and those around. Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing that I think has a off-putting word 
maybe attached to it. Sometimes people have, well, everyone brings their own associations to it, don't they? Um, but no, I, I really love how inclusive it is. And that's probably why we were drawn to it because mm -hmm. I, I didn't really know that before. I had a yeah. lot of like, yeah, ideas about which witches and witchcraft, which turn out all to be just not really true when you look into it. Mm -hmm. But um, I still like, I think we both felt like a connection to it. And it was like, hmm, mm, should, should, we, there, should yeah. we go into that? It seems like a bit, I don't know, forbidden because like there is mm. lots of negative thoughts um, towards witches that probably come from traditions that we don't need anymore. The patriarchy. I mean, <laughs> like literally men have been scared of women's power. And so witch hunts are unanimous with you know, powerful woman. And I, I do really think, I think I'm really drawn to that as well. You know, there's like an excitement and there's like a wanting to learn the knowledge that's been passed down by women throughout generations and um, about nature and about looking after people and about all the things that we're really interested in. Um, but I do think that it comes from the Christian church and, you know, therefore patriarchy and capitalism, all those, you know, key words. Um, have given us this this bad idea of something um but i do think in my research as well seeing that for all religions and all because like spirituality as well you know there's so i think that's an amazing thing that people go on their own spiritual journey and discover all these things of course there's cults and then there's people that are in charge of cults that ruin it for everyone, you know, that they abuse their sense of power over people that are vulnerable and looking for something, just as there is people in the Catholic church and the Christian church. And I'm sure in all religions, there's people that take advantage of other people and then ruin, you know, Islam. That's a beautiful religion that has a completely tarnished name because of a few small groups inside it and it is just really frustrating to see throughout society in all ways small minorities ruining like an actually really good thing and i think it has to do with like trying to be on the level of god like trying to be as powerful as god mm. because if we just lived next to each other knowing that there's something higher than us that we can't really explain everyone will have like their own explanation for it but like there is something like honestly like yeah this earth like it's a miracle like we yeah. can't you can't explain it like you can do as much science as you want there's like you can never explain everything yeah. if we just like all acknowledge that and but all said like yeah but everyone has a slightly different idea of it but that's totally fine and but we are all like just living on this earth like animals being given this beautiful opportunity to thrive here. Mm -hmm. But no, we just want to be gods. Yeah. Like, or at least some people want to be gods and then they go higher and higher and then they abuse other people to make it because they couldn't do it without other people like dying for yeah. them. It, like basically. Um, and yeah, so that's... Um, Something as well that like is good to think about is like we are still just humble creatures, mm -hmm. aren't we? And like we we don't need to be the best or the most powerful. We can just be in tune with our surroundings and then that's actually much more powerful. Like you get much more power from mm -hmm. thinking about what's going on next to you, beside you, above you, underneath you, instead of like 
always wanting to go up. Yeah. And I think the way people in power have used that to control everyone else, you know, they've built societies that are built around, you have to be ruthless in order to be, you know, kings, wars, kill people, be the best, you know, and then that kind of goes into now CEOs, you have to have people working slave labor in order for someone else to make a billion dollars, whatever, you know, like people have made society to be like the way to succeed and be successful is to be ruthless and to be one of those people that doesn't care about other people and only cares about themselves and does what it takes to, you know, in to, at the detriment of other people. But, and I think the way that people that society controls us now through capitalism is by taking away our sense of identity and community and saying, who are you? Why don't you buy some more stuff to show who you are or to find out? You know, I think before where religion was maybe used to, you know, keep people in line and control them and don't question, you know, the Catholic church that's telling you to give all your money to them and be in poverty, you know, now it's through capitalism of don't question society, just buy more stuff and then work really hard so that you can buy more stuff. And so that you don't have any time to think about anything other than working buying and stuff. buying more stuff. Like, I think that's the way that they use it to control us now. And so it's very threatening to people when, to people in power when we start to question these things or when we start to have a sense of individual identity and then you know we were saying about religions everyone having their own interpretation of whatever's out there and then you find people who have similar kind of stories to you and then you connect with those people and then you build your own community like that's that's beautiful and exciting but I think that's quite threatening to the way that society is structured at the moment. And so they do try and make it be like, oh, that's silly. You know, spirituality, there's no science there. Like, remember science and rationality? That's what we're striving for, you know? And then they'll bring out some cult leader who ruins, you know, there's just ways of making something, of dismissing something so that people just don't question the life that they're living and don't see these other options and find their own truth in them. Yeah, God forbid we would start thinking for ourselves mm -hmm. and having our own opinions and questioning like the thing, like how things are. Um, they really don't don't want us to do that. No. Um, so, yeah, maybe we, we do need a Hierophant. We do need a spiritual mentor. Yeah. Or we need to just be that for each other Yeah, more, more than that. I don't think there's like one um, spiritual mentor, but like we all need to be that for ourselves and find the people around us and like um, try and help the people around us and get help from them as well to like find our own path. Yeah, because I, I think maybe the issue comes in like have, raising this person up to being like, this is the guru, this is the priest, this is the, you know, and like raising this, like maybe it's a, a person who is further along on their spiritual journey. And so we do look to them for answers. But I think the danger does come when we then raise them beyond ourselves because they're just a human being. We're all just human beings and we're all just trying our best. So I, I think, yeah, the best way to do that is through each other and through learning from each other and not necessarily from like a specific person or a religion, but like really, or at least if you, everything you take in, you judge it against your intuition and yourself and like, does this feel true? Does this feel right to me? Does this align with me? You know, and not just taking anything anyone ever says as gospel. I think that's where the danger comes when you stop questioning it and just listen to this one person who is a human being 
who maybe does not have good intentions or did have good intentions that then, you know, yeah. power corrupts. And I think uh actual spiritual mentor who is aware of all of that mm. will encourage you to have your own thoughts yeah. and to question them as well. Where like someone who just wants power from it mm -hmm. will tell you this is how we think mm -hmm. like you should follow me so I think there's a difference that you can look out for if there's yeah. like if you have a conversation with someone and they're literally just talking at you and trying to convince you of their view like convert you yeah, yeah. even though it might feel like oh yeah you're like they're talking about very relevant things and I feel very seen and like because like those people I mean cult leaders and the leaders of our society as well they're all very good at being like oh yeah like I, I can see that you're confused right yeah. now. So here's some um, answers. Yes. Um, they definitely use all that and they're definitely all smart people. Otherwise, and there's they also wouldn't some be truth there. in the things that they say because our, people aren't idiot. You know, people who are religious, I think that's also a, a idea we have in our society now is thinking anyone who believes in a religion or in spirituality is like, you know, we kind of dismiss them as like, oh, not intelligent or I don't know what preconceived ideas people would have about that but there does seem like there's a bit of dismissiveness to us now to anyone who believes in anything spiritual or religious um but I think that comes from not question not critically thinking about what you believe yeah and also from like what you said our society now not thriving or manipulating things through religion anymore but like through capitalism and now saying like oh religion is stupid mm -hmm. and actually just don't believe in god because we are the gods mm -hmm. now yeah buying things and yeah yeah that's how you'll be happy that's the point of life right exactly <laughs> um yeah we I didn't grow up super religious. Like my parents are a little bit religious. I was baptized as well. But with my brother, um, my parents decided that he could just decide for himself um, if he wanted to get baptized or not when he was old enough. But um, I hope he doesn't hate me um, for telling the story, but it's just so funny. <laughs> um, he was in kindergarten, but there was only, at least when I was little, I don't know if there was another one when he was little, but there was two kindergartens, a Catholic one and a Protestant one. Mm -hmm. And then I think at some point there was like a state one that wasn't like tied to any religion. But I went to the Protestant one and I had a really nice time and we had lots of friends there and like knew everyone. So he went to the Protestant kindergarten as well. And I don't have any bad feelings towards that. It was like very nice. We we It wasn't like all centered around God, mm -hmm. but we did like always read about like Easter and whatever and you know but it was nice it was a community and he came home one day he was maybe four and he was like really he was a very thoughtful kid and he was like thinking and like not talking a lot and like my mom and I were just kind of like asking like what was going on and then he told us that they learned about God being baptized and all of that in, in kindergarten and he said um I I do I do believe in God and like I do want to get baptized but They said then I would go to be with God, but I really want to stay with you guys. Oh. <laughs> oh. That was so cute. What a cutie. But then, yeah, he, he got baptized um, when he was like 14 um, because he wanted to. That's so cute. Yeah, I really like that though. Just the option, just having a discussion about it. I, I think just the danger comes when you're just told this is the truth and this is what you have to do and there's nothing else out there. Yeah, That's where I personally have our, issue. Our primary school teacher 
stood in front of the class once and we had not a lot, but we had a couple of kids who weren't baptized and he literally said that they were going to go to hell, like in front of all of us. And we were like eight. Yeah. And it was, I, I remember one of my friends, she wasn't baptized and it like stuck with her for years. Mm. Um, but she was very like confused by that. And it's just like, that's just such a horrible thinking. Yeah. I mean, even because when I was sort of rejecting the Christianity as didn't, didn't feel like it aligned with me, I still lived for quite way too long, still thinking I was going to spend eternity in hell, which is just now mind boggling because I, I do feel really free of that. But that it's so real. Like it's so, so real that fear that it can put in you and to do that to kids so that they don't question anything. <sighs> yeah. yeah. And I think as well, kids should grow up as like making their own mistakes. And I feel like we've been really just trying to say this is wrong and this is right. And mm -hmm. that's how, what you do. And then maybe if they're lucky enough, They'll have parents or some kind of like person in their life that at some point is like, it's okay if you like want to do things your way. Mm. And then they grow up to maybe start questioning things. But most of the time it's just like, no, I've been told what's wrong and right. I yeah. know. Yeah. And I'm also scared that if I do the wrong thing, something really bad is going to happen to me. Where I think we said that before, life is all about failing and doing the wrong thing. And it's fine as long as you have the balance and like you try and do your best, but you can't always do that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot for, to raise kids on, isn't it? A right and a wrong. Mm. It's just not black and white. It's just not, I think, yeah, I think that's it. It's not black and white. There's so much nuance. And I think the, we can teach kids or the younger generation to just think critically, to just not be, just with every aspect, everything you read, like especially on social media, especially from the news, has an agenda. You know, it's just about like taking in information, thinking critically about it and not just taking things in as facts. And I think the danger comes when you're just taught to just take it as truth and not to question it. Um, I think we need to question everything and and raise people to be critical thinkers and have discussions. And that's what leads to more exciting and more individual, you know, I think that's when people start to find their sense of purpose, when they actually feel like they're able to maneuver through these really complex ideas and find ones that really fit with how they feel and think and ones that don't and are able to leave the ones that don't and leave the shame and be able to grow in, in the direction that they want to grow in um, by consciously, by living consciously and thinking critically. Yeah, it would really be nice if there was more room for for that, for everyone. Mm. Um, I know we, we've said it before as well, but we're very privileged that we have that room yeah. and that mm -hmm. opportunity and the people around us who give us some guidance, spiritual and emotional yeah. and everything. But... I just wish that we lived in a world where that was accessible for, for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that because the, the last couple words, apart from tyranny, which I think we've covered, um, <laughs> but, you know, is goodness and mercy and forgiveness and humility. And I think there's so many beautiful things that we learn within religion and within 
different spiritual practices that aren't necessarily in our mainstream, um, you know, modern way of thinking, which is more make money, doesn't matter about other people, focus on, you know, like I do think there's so much that comes from being brought up in a community that is beautiful, that it's a shame that there's other elements that tarnish that for people. Yeah. Now, if you look at it, all the religions are basically at their core. If you just take that part, it's like mm. be good to each other. Yeah. Like love each other, love your neighbor, mm -hmm. you know? Know yourself, love God, love others. If you think about God just being around us, like being maybe the world we live in is mm. God. And then you love the world you live in and you be more, con because we're just also not conscious of like how we treat like everything around yeah. us and we don't it doesn't feel like we love we just take it for granted that we have a house and um a roof over our head and we have food and it's just there goes no love into preparing your meal and like mm. making your bed it's just like oh yeah that's just just how it is how it is and we made it because yeah. we, we're great people and we can build things no yeah right i don't think we have a sense of where something came from anymore like you know back in the day when people would farm their food milk the cow you know they'd do everything from start to finish and you had to be reliant on nature in order to do to do that and you couldn't destroy nature because you needed it again next year you know like there was such a sense of being in tune with everything around you that I think we are just so disconnected from in the way that we live now of waking up really early, being really tired, going to work, having too much caffeine, being on the train, being on our phone, going into work in a office for a day, coming back when it's dark, being on the train, on the phone, having, you know, we were talking about this the other day, how we have what, two hours of free time often in a day because we're working. We have two hours to just do something that we want and thinking that's not life. Two hours, two out of 24 is not what we want to be on earth to experience, <laughs> um, you know, and I think, but we're conscious of those two hours and we try to really make the most and relax and do things that we love in those two hours. But if you're not even conscious that that's the thing and you just go from work to phone to watching something to work to, you know, you, you don't really have any of those hours where you're consciously living a life that you really want to live but hey we'll go drinking on the weekend <laughs> yeah. that'll be really fun i'll yeah. pass out in the bathroom yep <laughs> again <laughs> i i think you're right i think it's more about being conscious and then i think as well one thing for us was that you can't always change everything immediately mm -hmm. like we'll need we do need to work these hours right now and most people like they don't yeah. work because they really want to work i mean if you do then congratulations to you I think you found something yeah. that you love and you earn money with it that's the goal but most people just need the money to do then something they want to do and just, I think just survive we're just some people are just surviving and honestly three jobs and still not able to yeah. feed their family it's just mm. like how can you not question that yeah. something is wrong with people our don't system. have the time and the space you know like it's yeah. that's what we are so conscious of is that we have the privilege to be able to have the time and the space to be able to question those things. But, you know, when you are working three jobs, trying to look after your family, trying to pay rent, you know, that's, I think what society wants is to not give you the time or the space to think about these things so that you just 
go along and do it. And that's what's scary, isn't it? Quite scary. Mm. Definitely. But I think the alternative's exciting. Like that's what I've been really enjoying about this journey is that it feels super exciting to like learn more about yourself, to find other people who think that, to learn more about the world and like the way people used to do things. Like it's a feeling of being excited about something, which I know before this, I hadn't really felt in a long time. I think when you're stuck in that routine of not really knowing what you want to do, going to work, being tired, you're not necessarily excited about life. But I do think that it's exciting now, which is cool. It is very exciting. I feel the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the last thing I wrote down about the Hierophant was that the Hierophant shows up to encourage you to get to know your ancestors. Do I say the word right? Ancestors? Ancestors. Ancestors. Mm -hmm. um, English is hard. <laughs> um, You're doing great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think we're already doing that, but it's a nice reminder mm. to like look more into the traditions and the rituals and the way of being with each other that our ancestors um, used to have and practice. Definitely. I, I love that. And it feels so, it feels like coming home in a way, doesn't it? Like when you do those things where you're like, ah, oh, this must have been what, you know, people before me used to do. And it, it helps you feel, put life in perspective and just enjoy those things and find purpose. It's it's yeah. really fun. And it gives you answers as well. We talked about this the other day, like how we don't really have a sense of like settling down somewhere mm. um, strongly, like how other people have, which is totally fine as well. But like, I always thought that was a bit weird that I always had that urge to go somewhere else and not even far, far away, but just yeah. a new place. Um, but maybe it's, it's because our ancestors were travelers. Were nomadic. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, maybe not. But it's nice to think like, yeah, it came from something because there was mm -hmm. people who were nomadic and who it was their life and it was totally normal. So like just because it's not necessarily what society encourages you to do now, it's still not weird. It's still something yeah. that used to be very normal. Yeah, no, that's so true because I no, I've always struggled with like, where'd you come from? You know, do I list all the different places that I've lived? I don't come from, you know, I've always been slightly jealous of people that have like an easy answer of like, you know, I'm from, you know, Kent, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't have that easy answer. And it's always been like an issue of like, who am I? Where am I from? But I think you're totally right of it being like, I don't think I am from a specific place and I'm not going to a specific place. I do feel very transient and like, like I want to move around and like see different places and feel different connections to different places to be in for different times. And maybe that does come from a something deep inside us that our ancestors had of just moving around all the time and not, you know, being from a specific place. Mm, and also, Steph, mm -hmm. do you know what time of the year it is? Mm, it feels a little bit spooky. <laughs> does it? <laughs> do you remember our first like proper ritual that we did i think it was pretty much a year ago it was, wasn't it th that's what i remember yeah at least. i think yeah i think it was um when we just started looking into all these things um and i thought i'd give us a little rundown of um what actually used to be celebrated when halloween is now celebrated we all know halloween mm -hmm. love halloween uh, We've got some good costumes set up, but yeah, no, I'm, we're we, 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 we don't. <laughs> we will do. <laughs> we will. Once this episode comes out, we will have our costumes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will you out me? 
Um, <laughs> it's got to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, we this it was like this time last year, wasn't it? Where we were like, hmm, what actually is the tradition here? What did people used to do besides eating candy and you getting know, really drunk, <laughs> getting really drunk, and you know, egg and cars? Yeah. What, what what's the the spiritual ancestral significance to this? Because there is in everything that we kind of do now, there is these long traces back, but I think we lose connection to them, don't we? Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah tell me so you will remember some of this from mm-hmm. last year um but basically um there used to be or there is a pagan religious festival that um originated from an ancient celtic spiritual tradition and it's called sawin mm-hmm. um i think i'm saying it's spelled right. differently isn't it so yeah. we're struggling with the, the pronunciation but, but I, I looked it up very different and i think it's sawin um and it's usually celebrated from October 31st to November the 1st. And um, people believe that the barrier between the physical world and the spiritual world breaks down during um, this day. Um, and during that time of the year, um, the fires were lit in the family homes because it was going into winter and the harvest work was completed. And like people would join on the 31st to light a community fire. And it was believed that the souls who had died, like, were visiting homes. A lot of people mm-hmm. light candles as well in their windows to, like, um, welcome them. And also those people who've died this year are now making their journey to the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. So um, people also, I think, light white candles to, like, guide the spirits home in their eternal home, basically. And um, there are some rituals um, that you can do, and I think we'll do some of them, so... I was just thinking I can run us through some of my favorite rituals um, that you can do during Sawin and um, maybe some of you will be inspired and, and do some of them. Um, the first one is, and I know we talk about this every episode, I've been listening back and it's literally, why don't you just take a walk? Just why go on a walk. walk. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Look, um, it's the only thing that got us through lockdown. <laughs> so we're very passionate. Now and as now, well. It's yeah. just like... It's eight o'clock. We just go home from work. We just got to go on a 10 minute walk. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, um, on this Sawin walk, um, try and experience yourself as part of the circle of life and reflect on death and rebirth as being an important part of nature. Mm. Um, Cause I guess we're looking at all the trees dying essentially, you know, the leaves falling. It is that time of year of nature is going into winter exactly and but it will always come back in spring Mm. so it's just like a nice reminder that death isn't as scary as it's made out to be and it's just a part of life as much as everything else is um so yeah i really like that to just like think about yourself and think about yourself being a part of the earth and the universe um and everything around you and then um you can set up an altar that normally um happens three days prior to Sawin. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't already have one, a lot of witches already have altars, but if you don't have one, or you can decorate the one you have with symbols of fall. So that's like skulls, skeletons, ghosts, harvest foods. So pumpkins, roots, vegetables, nuts, dried leaves, and mud cider or wine. You can decorate that all in your house, which sounds great. We yeah. should do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then have a little ceremony, which we actually did last year that was one of our first ceremonies that was really nice um you basically 
um, it's a really easy one as well to get started with. So I think it was really nice for us mm-hmm. to like, because I always used to think, oh, a ceremony has to be something big and fancy and special. But actually this one is just really like wholesome and nice, but ev- I think almost everyone can do them. You basically just prepare a meal for your loved ones, um, include fruits and vegetables and dark bread, but I think it's basically whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but cider or wine, mild well, cider or wine, <laughs> salt. <laughs> and um, make your table a sacred space, like really mm. like intentionally say, this is like a space where we come together and um, yeah, and celebrate. And then... Um, I'm just going to read that out because it's not that long, but they also have some words that you can say, which I think is really nice to just follow that guidance. And we did do that last yeah. year as well. It says, Tonight we celebrate Sorwen. It is the end of the harvest, the last days of summer, and the cold nights wait on the other side of us. The bounty of our labor, the abundance of the harvest, the success of the hunt, all lies before us. We thank the earth for all it has given to us this season, and yet we look forward to winter a time of sacred darkness. Yeah, I remember that being feeling really powerful last last year. That's yeah. really nice. Because I usually go into winter being like, well, I'm looking forward to Christmas because I'm going to be seeing my family and my friends mm-hmm. and I'll have two weeks off. But then uh, yeah. I'm just dreading the January, rest of it. Yeah. And also November, mm-hmm. most of the time, just being like, oh, it's just dark and cold and it's been a long year and you're tired and yeah but actually people used to treat winter as a time where they slow down and Mm -hmm. reflect and celebrate that they've worked hard all year and obviously it doesn't fit anymore in our system because we just have to work all year round and most people even have to work Christmas and New Year's now Mm -hmm. um but yeah people really used to just use that time to to connect and calm down and go inwards isn't it yeah and it's like hibernate gather strength for the new year and the new harvest um so yeah i I really like those Mm. words and they really resonate with me and then you go outside with everyone and give them a cup of malt cider or wine and like make a little ceremony like in your garden or find just like a grass patch we literally we literally found a grass patch (laughs) found a grass patch and it worked um and then everyone takes their cup and like one after the other you sprinkle a little bit of your drink on the earth and you say summer's gone winter's coming we have planted and we have watched the garden grow we have weeded and we have gathered the harvest now it is at its end and um that's also just like (sighs) really powerful and then you drink the rest of your cider and you get fallen leaves and branches and yard trimmings and you you make a god or a goddess um this was so cool we did it last year it was so so cool so we just went on a walk after this and you know collected some leaves and some twigs and some things and then brought it back to the flat and made a little goddess and she literally lived on our fireplace all of winter didn't she and looked after us yeah and then you will burn them in spring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can, as you say, you can do a goddess, um, which, yeah, will give you a female figure, a goddess to lead you through winter, or um, you can do a king that will rule your home until winter. I don't really know if um, we might look into like what actually are the different yeah. um, 
yeah powers that they have but we we chose a goddess last year it just felt right um and yeah and then in in spring um you you will burn them and that was quite cathartic as well wasn't yeah, it yeah it was very that. nice and it's just like the idea of letting go of winter and going mm. into the next season and starting the harvest and starting the work again um so yeah we we encourage everyone to just try their own little it can literally it's just be a, a dinner with your loved ones or mm-hmm. anyone who's around you and just make it a bit more spooky and witchy yeah I think we should put this in the show notes though because yeah. I would so recommend everyone to follow this I think this was one of the turning points in our lives last year of just being like wow this felt magical and cozy and connected and made us excited for winter and it was nice to look at the goddess on our fireplace every every day you know when winter got hard and we were tired and cold it it just was a it I think it made a big difference to us last year I can only recommend it to people to give it a go and have their own little interpretation on it and start your own you know it's exciting for us to be doing this for the second year in a row because then that's when it becomes a tradition a a tradition (laughs) isn't it um yeah exactly very cool yeah and then the last ones are just to do again with that idea of like the two worlds the spiritual world and our human world like connecting for that day um and as i said like to guide the spirits you place a white seven day candle so it is lit for seven days Mm. i'll put in the show notes when you actually light it i'm not sure um so you can guide the dead into the spirit world and you can also visit a cemetery um which we used to do a lot as well last year we haven't in a while but it might be the season for that again um and just yeah call to mind the memories um that you have with people that maybe not with you anymore Um, doesn't even mean they died maybe that's just not in your life anymore um but like remember to consider ways that these people are still with us like within us Mm. even if they're not here anymore which i think is always very powerful and then yeah just use sawin as a time to reflect and review your past year and journal and photographs like look at all the things that you've done over the mm-hmm. summer and consider how you've grown and how you've changed and maybe write that down maybe meditate on it just um yeah really think about it try and use that time like all winter i think but saw when as a start of thinking about what had hap- what has happened how you've grown Oh, you want to grow as well. Mm, but Because then there's some things that when you're more internal and slow and in, in winter, you can be consciously thinking about and working on, isn't it? Exactly. So then hopefully come out in spring having done a bit more of that work and able to see the fruits of that in, in summer. Yeah. It, it makes so much sense. Like it feels really natural, doesn't it? It does. And the last thing I wrote down is have a bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> because you can never, love a fire. never do wrong with a bonfire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I hope um, you all celebrate Sawin with us mm. um, in one way or another. Just find your own way of celebrating it. But, but try to, yeah, not make it all about partying and forgetting about everything that has happened in the past few months. But mm. maybe try and really think about how you've changed and how great you're doing. Mm. We're very much about not using something as a distraction, but using it to enhance your life and what you're doing. And I think this is a really nice way of, of doing that. And it's 
fun in all aspects. I mean, don't get us wrong, we're going to have a, a lit Halloween party as oh, well. Yeah, um, we, we can... You know, because balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. As you say, as long as you don't use it to, like, get away from your thoughts. Mm. And sometimes... No. I think what I want to say is, as long as you still also use the time to think about what you want, who you are, what what's moving you at this moment and not just like always pushing that away. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes nice to just have a night where you don't think about anything yeah. and you just, yeah, that's important as well. It's the balance. Well, that was a really nice chat. I liked all of that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, and now it's time to get a new card. <gasps> the most exciting part. The most exciting part. Would you like to pull the card or should I? Um, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll spread them out in front of you and mm-hmm. just pick the tarot card that you feel most drawn to. Ooh. Ooh. So we've got the Queen of Cups. Do you want to describe her yellow while I look her up? Yeah. So she looks like out of the Great Gatsby, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or like the card style, but yeah. <laughs> it might just be a card style. Um I mean, yeah, it's just she looks like a powerful lady. She has lots of um, tattoos and a flower in her hair and like diamonds and she's holding a cup and she's kind of looking like she she knows what's going on <laughs> mm. yeah she has a knowing look to her doesn't she yeah yeah cool so I'll read the words that it has associated with her and then over the week we'll think about it and do some research but the queen of cups blonde or fair woman mature honest devoted Faithful wife, good mother and friend, wise visionary, actions help a dream become real, pleasure, happiness, service, success. Interesting. Mm. I can already think of a few things to talk about. Yeah, no, I think that's really nice. That is one of the few cards that seems very Positive. positive as well. Definitely. So I think that's a nice thought place to be in going into this next week on a really positive yeah and I just dyed my hair blonde so I don't know (laughs) so true (laughs) that's why this card was calling (laughs) so Um, true I like that actions help a dream become real Mm -hmm. I think we've got a lot to say there yeah yeah nice yeah I'm excited so that is exciting we'll do look into it um for next week Yes, we will. And we will be, um, I think we fully accepted now that fall is here mm-hmm. and we will be I celebrating I finally it. let go of clinging on to summer. <laughs> it was about time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cozy. I'm I'm feeling cozy. Super cozy. I'm feeling, I, I am in desperate need of some time to reflect mm. and think and go inwards Mm. and I think it's nice to do that consciously and not feel guilty about it like I think sometimes in winter when you don't want to go out as much as you did before or do some of the things that you normally do because we're forced to work all the time you feel guilty for wanting to just be inward and do your own thing but I think it's really invigorating to 
be excited about that and do it consciously. So I think that's really, really nice. Yeah. And it's nice to, to have people around us who will like give us strength to do that as well, mm. because like as much as it's really nice to do it just by yourself as well. And I'm, I think we both re just recently like found like a lot of pleasure in doing things by ourselves as mm. well. But the balance of like having people around you who will then talk you through things and listen to you and notice how you're feeling, even though sometimes maybe you can't say anything mm -hmm. about it. It's just, yeah, a real privilege and something I'm very, very grateful for. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to fall for now, but then also to the sacred winter, winter. sacred darkness mm. that will come. And... You're going to find me a word? I'm going to find you a word. Um. Oh, yeah, this one. Nice. <laughs> How am I going to say that? Um, pronounced Arpahen? Arpahen? Arpine. Arpine? Arpine, that sounds nice. So, Arpine. To wander through the grounds of a cemetery, glancing over the gravestones as if you were people watching the dead, imagining all the things they must have seen and the lives they must have led, trying to conjure up an entire biography from a handful of words and dates etched in granite? Granite. Granite. With barely more than a single dash to cover the unimaginable vastness of their experience. Yeah. Wow. That's, I think, what we've been talking about, that there's been so many lives lived before us and that we can be guided by them and mm. that we can use Sorwin to think about how they still touch our lives now and how we can just find ourselves through looking back to years and years of centuries of life and people living Yeah, I love that. I think that sums it up really well. We're all connected and no one truly goes away because the effects go on, don't they? Yeah. It's really comforting and a nice perspective to have. We're all connected. I like that. Mm. Well, thank you, Steph. No, thanks, Yella. Thanks for listening. We'll try and um, post them on our Instagram as well. Maybe we'll um, show you how to do or how we do our ritual. I don't yeah. think it's the own way to do it but like yeah we'll show you how we do our rituals and how we celebrate Sorwen or we see something nice and cozy and exciting and in our uh every day just about four we'll we'll try to share that with you yeah I want to build a little community so come along with us on our little journey come on your journey it's exciting um it's very exciting we'll see you next week well Oh, in a few weeks. Well, well I can't even say see because <laughs> we'll hear you. Yeah. We'll talk to you. We'll talk oh, at nice. you. <laughs> we'll talk in November, probably. Yeah. We'll talk with you <laughs> next time about the Queen of Cups. <laughs> <laughs>